0: What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast. A podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the show. This is episode 23, which is another in the Real Men Real Stories series. This particular episode features Mike. Mike is a younger guy. But uh, what I really liked about Mike was how incredibly self-aware he is of his issues, of the things that led to the breakdown of the marriage. Um, I I enjoyed the conversation very much. I hope that you get something out of it. I hope that helps in some kind of way. Here we go. Episode 23. Today, I'd like to welcome Mike to the show. Uh, Mike, let's just jump right into it. And uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Mike, uh, 29. uh, Pretty young guy. got met my wife back in high school kind of high school sweethearts type deal Um, hit it off real well we dated for about two years and after I pretty much got out of basic in AIT that's when I uh, proposed to her she obviously said yes and we went from there Um, got married shortly thereafter Um, by this point it was about 2011 2012 Uh, and then we originally were supposed to get married in 2013, but it got pushed up due to the deployment I got called up for. So, did that. Everything was great. Uh, we got along real well. We it was we were perfect for each other. It was great. It was almost like a Hollywood story, if you will. Right. So, uh, it was awesome. And then, come the deployment time, it was rough. It's rough for everybody yeah. uh, being away, especially newly married. We're young. We're still trying to figure ourselves out. That was the idea, you know, marry young, kind of figure ourselves out together and go from there. Because we both had a lot of the same ideas. Uh, we wanted the family, kids, we wanted to travel, the whole nine. I was like, why not? Let's start from scratch and we'll just build together. Wow. Um, while deployed, it was, it was a bit rough. Uh, I wasn't in a combat zone. So was long... uh, I was there for about just, uh, just under a year. I was in country. Um, it was rough too, because uh, I'm from the Boston area. So while I was deployed, we had the marathon bombings towards the end of our deployment. That was supposed to be because I'm, I'm a guardsman. I was an MP at the time and we were supposed to have that the finish line that year, but it ended up being the trans company that took it and my wife working in the hospital system Um when I found out eventually what was going on, I tried reaching out and I couldn't get a hold of anybody, and she couldn't reach out to me. So there was, was a huge stressor on the both of us. Um, yeah, sure. As far as us, everything ended up being all right. She ended up being okay. Um, so fast forward a little bit longer, uh, we kind of lost a lot of our communication skills while I was deployed. Um, hmm. We should have. So when you get back from a deployment, they give you the opportunity. I don't know if you were in, so I'm not sure if they did the same thing for you. Um,
0: yeah, I was in, but I didn't
1: uh, I didn't have any deployments, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it. No, well, either way. Uh, but when you come off of active duty, they give you the option um, of doing like counseling to try to relearn each other, how to communicate, how to live in the same house together. You know, try to get back into that rhythm. And right. us being young and naive, like, oh, fuck that. We got this. We'll figure it out um <laughs> needless to say that was not the smart thing to do <laughs> um so while i was deployed she ended up making a friend um it ended up being this ended up being close there were, there were co-workers he trained her to do her job um she was kind of an introverted person so and he had that type of uh personality that they clicked real well so at first i wasn't you know it was like yeah whatever you know it's it bugged me a little bit but i'm like you know what trust her she's not going to go do anything stupid um right which i still don't think anything stupid happened the but it didn't help i had friends that knew her i knew like people in around the hospital stuff like that they would say stuff to me so that put a big burden on on my end but i didn't want to turn around and start saying stuff to her like hey you know what the hell are you doing me being halfway across the globe so i kind of held it in a bit I let it out a couple times. She said, no, nothing to worry about. Meantime, I'm still getting, hey, you got to watch out for this guy. Hey, you got to watch out. So I kind of buried it. I'm like, I got a mission to focus on. I can't be worrying about this shit. So I finally get home. It's kind of awkward between the two of us for obvious reasons. Um, We try to get back in the swing of things. And it just wasn't meshing very well. Um, She kept talking to him. It was starting to really bug me um so because I'm the person I like that connection that quality time that talking you know and she was giving a lot of that to him Mm -hmm. and I don't think she was doing it maliciously it was just what was going on Mm -hmm. and it could just be me being naive and so I voiced my opinion on it. I said hey you know I'm not a fan of this um she asked well what do you want me to do I said well I'd appreciate it if you stopped talking to her at least for a while you know kind of let's us get back together Let's, let's try to figure this out kind of agreed to it kind of not she's like kind of brushed it off mm. she's like well i work with him he's my boss you know i can't i'm like well that's fine leave it at boss leave leave it at work yeah don't bring it home don't be texting him you know don't be texting him on the couch while you're sitting here watching tv with me you know that type of stuff right and they would they would all go out after work they would all go out after, after around like midnight because that's when she got off mm. and there were a lot of times there were a handful of times where she would turn around and say hey i'm going out with everybody from work. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine.
0: Right.
1: But then I'd find out later on that she was going out, hang out with him over at the bar. Mm. Um, it ended up being with, with a couple other people too, right. but it wasn't like, because the hospital environments, they're, they're very, it's just like every other like military environment. Everybody's close. Yep. Everybody keeps each other's stuff. Yep. So I already had this sitting in my mind. So I didn't know like, okay, what's going on.
0: Right.
1: I finally brought it up again. Uh, she ended up stopping talking to him. We were, we were working through our problems. We were figuring it out. We got to a good spot. So a couple of years go by. We get a rough patch again. Um, I was in between jobs. I was having a hard time. And I couldn't really nail anything down. So it was causing a lot of stress on me. It was causing a lot of stress on her. She was picking up a lot of the financial burdens. I couldn't figure out what the fuck to do. I couldn't get out of my own way. Right. So we were in that tough spot. She ended up reaching out to him, uh, talking to him a lot. He ended up, I find out later on that he wasn't telling, cause she was originally planning on leaving me. She's like, I can't take this. He's being a bu- like pretty much saying I'm a bum. Right. I can't take it. He's got no drive and I'm just going to leave him without fully voicing it to me. Right. Um, so at that point, I got pretty irritated. Uh, I was upset. Sure. You know, I was hurt. That was a huge trust issue or trust broken right there. Because yeah. here I am, I had asked her, you know, the one person, you know, we haven't, we've had an issue with this. And you turn around and you're talking to them behind my back. Mm. You're meeting up with them at work, after work, stuff like that. Yeah. So that was a huge, and at that point is when I started to withdraw. And this was about five years in. Mm. So... Kind of get to, we kind of get complacent after that. Uh, we ended up buying the house that I'm in now. Hmm. Um, kind of go through. We thought, you know, hey, you know, we're we'll getting the house this is a big deal. This is kind of, I think we kind of both thought, hey, this will help us out. You know, we got a common goal. We accomplished. We got stuff we can work on. You know, we can be that team again. Try to figure it out. Well, getting up to the point of getting the house. We both kind of had to keep ourselves in career paths that we didn't want to be in. Right. So it kind of hurt us on that aspect of it. You know, we didn't want to be where we were at. We felt stuck. We couldn't change our careers because we were trying to buy the house. Right. But then once we got the house, we couldn't really get out of where we were at because there was nowhere that would give us the capital we were looking for. Mm-hmm. So stress built up again. And the, the overall common theme with this is communication between the two of us. Right. We just, we had the tendency of, we'd burst out at each other, go to our corners, right. settle down, and never talk about it. And it was just there. It would never heal. We'd never get through it. You know, so years of that building up, it it just added on and just caused resentment between the two of us. Yeah. So we ended up getting the house. Um, uh, she's not happy. I'm not happy. I ended up losing my job in 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a year after we bought the house. Um, The job that I was at was no good. It was very stressful. Uh, It was very backstabbing. They throw people under the bus. They were building a rap sheet against me just to get rid of me. Mm -hmm. Um, So in 2017, so they're the type of people that's like, if you can't can't work for us every day we ask, then we're going to get rid of you. And they especially didn't like the fact that I had reenlisted, mm. uh, cause now they were taking cause I used to work weekends. There were days I'd worked 18 days in a row. Wow. And yeah. So they didn't like that. So they started building again. And plus me and my boss didn't get along. Mm. Uh, so we ended up, they ended up getting rid of me. I lost my job. I look back at it, it was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me because I was able to get into the industry. I'm in now, um, so, so it ended up being the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. So, having that happen, she was worried for obvious reasons that no, we got no income coming in, but we had enough in the savings to last us a handful of months. Mm-hmm. And I told her, It's like, hey, listen, you know, trust me, I'm going to take a month or two off. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to kind of decompress. And I'm going to go out there and get a job, and we'll be back to normal. We'll be good to go. She's like, Okay. So, now leading before this point, I know i'm kind of jumping around a bit here but before this point it was the beginning of 2017 this is when i knew as far as my work wise i was in a bad spot right so i was stressed out i had just um, i had gotten done working my second week of it was essentially i think that it ended up being like 120 hours which is insane so i barely slept I slept in the truck most of the time. Um, definitely sure I broke numerous OSHA laws.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure,
1: yeah. Um, but the money was good. So I'm like, but it stressed me out. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I had the the underlying issues between the two of us. And now me being away, it's building up because I'm not around her, so stuff's starting to stir up. Mm-hmm. So I finally get to a point in it was May of 2017 I came home one night and I just hadn't, I didn't know what was going on. I just didn't, I knew something was wrong. I knew I was stressed. I knew I was upset, angry, whatever. And so I came home, I woke her up and I said to her, it's like, I don't want to be married anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be that I have. And after I said it, I realized that it's like, fuck, this isn't what I, this isn't what I wanted. Cause I did. I still, I still love her as a person um, and I definitely was in love with her still at the time, but I was so stressed and didn't know how to communicate it that. And obviously that hurt her, you know, from that point on, she started to withdraw, which is understandable. Sure. Um, so just years of stuff building up. And I remember a handful of years before that we had talked hugely about having kids. Hmm. And that was, a, that was a big thing for me before I turned 25 I was like I want to have a kid that way by the time they're grown you know I'm still young enough to hang out play with them you know they're not gonna run me tired Hmm. or as tired right (laughs) (laughs) and by the time they're old enough graduated moved out you know I'm still definitely young enough to go travel the world like we want to so on and so forth and she was on board with that and it wasn't until her grandfather passed away in 2000 I believe 14 he passed away. Uh, so he passed away and her father came back in the picture. And as soon as her father came back in the picture, everything to do with kids completely changed. Mm. They were, it was off the table. I don't ever want kids. They gross. They stink. You know, they cost so much. Right. Um, which was a huge blow to me. I was like, I was, I was pretty upset about that.
0: Was that a part of some of the issues with you? You think in the back of your mind, you were always kind of holding on to that?
1: Uh, Most definitely. Because I always thought, well, after that, I would think of that. Well, um, now I can't have that life, which I don't think it affected me as much because I'm the type of person I don't mind adjusting my goals and my, and what I want out of life. So long as the person that I'm adjusting it for, you know, we can work together, figure it out, try, you know, compromise on stuff. And that was a big thing with me is I viewed everything that we came together figured out as compromise. You know, we both came to an agreement on something. We both found an issue, figured it out, and then we moved on, readjusted, and went from there. Now, fast forward to a couple years back, it started coming up that all those compromises weren't viewed as compromises in her eyes. It was sacrifice on her end. Hmm. I've done nothing but sacrifice this entire relationship.
0: And when did this start coming out? What year was that?
1: That was 2000. Uh, it really started coming out within the past year and a half. Gotcha. Throughout the years it had kind of come out here and there. The big thing for her was with college. She had to kind of add two years to get her degree just because of life that had happened. I had was having a hard time with getting jobs you know she was working so many hours we were trying to get the house so it kind of pushes that out right Sure. which understandable you know everybody you think it's like okay that makes sense right she really didn't view it that way she kind of took it as i was holding her back
0: and i'm guessing she never communicated any of that to you she kept that to herself
1: for the most part she says she communicated it but it, i don't remember it hmm. um so, like I said before, we weren't the best communicators. That's right. one thing I'm still trying to work on. Sure. So, her, her, she could have communicated saying, hey, you know, I feel like I'm sacrificing this way, but she didn't really elaborate. Sure. So, that could have been her version of, hey, I'm, I communicated it to you. Right. Come back to the, uh, up until, so, last year. We, we were doing good. Like, we kind of hit that complacency point. You know, life was good. She was starting a new job. Um, she was going into dispatching. She loved that. She wanted to be involved with with emergency services. So I was happy. I'm like, awesome. She's got a job she likes, to, she loves. The schedule is going to be rough, but we'll figure it out. Right. Um, we were going through that. It was a bit of an adjustment. Uh, we had so much shit buried that we never worked on. So it stirred up a lot of insecurities in me. Um, the loneliness was a big one. So I went from having her, we were home uh, for five days a week to have dinner. That was big for me. Like we'd have dinner every night. And now we she goes to a four on two off rotating schedule. And now I don't have that. So that was a big adjustment for me. It stirred up a lot of um, issues, especially from my childhood. Uh, I had abandonment issues when I was a child that I just kind of buried, you know, just growing up with the whole... Well, you're a guy. Nobody wants to hear your shit. Fucking okay. keep it in your mouth. Like keep it, keep it buried. Don't talk about it. Just suck it up and drive on. Yeah. Is that from? Uh, did your parents divorce? No, actually. So, they almost did. Hmm. Um, when I was about between five and six, so old enough to remember, um, they split. Hmm. Uh, my mother walked away. Uh, my father kept the house, or stayed at the house. I'd go between the two of them. I remember stuff my grandmother would say about my father. I remember stuff my father would say about my grandmother and my mother, and vice versa. Um, so I have a little bit of that. Um, they ended up in the long run getting back together. So, but I remember thinking that, you know, having that little bit of "this is my fault" type deal. Sure. But I know it's not. But no. I had that throughout the years. Right. Um. So no, they didn't they didn't actually follow through. They got to the courthouse, they were about to legitimately sign paperwork, they were outside having coffee, about to go in for their appointment. And they ended up trying to look at each other and said, Well, you know, this is the type of life I want. My mother was like, Well, this is the type of life I want. And they said, Well, we're gonna make it work. We'll figure it out. And they've been happily married ever since. So yeah, which is good. Yeah. So I kind of saw, I kind of saw both ends of it. Right. Which was kind of nice because during this process, that kind of gave me hope. Sure. So when I'll circle back to that when I get to that point, yeah. but the um, so going back to her changing her work schedule, it store stirred up a lot of that abandonment issues. Yeah. So I didn't know how to fully yeah. voice that, and I was being smothering to her. I was texting her all the time, you know. I was just being that needy guy. That's not me. Like I'm not a needy yeah. guy. Right. So, they kind of dri- driven a wedge because that's definitely not, not her. She doesn't respond well to that. Right. So, when it finally got to a point that we knew something was wrong, um, it was kind of like at its too late type deal. So, we got it was about October of 2019 is when we realized, all right, we got to sit down and figure this out. We got to delve deep, figure out what the hell's going on. So, part of our issues were. We couldn't find the right counselor and being raped for the holidays. So we kind of take a break from it. It's like, you know what? Let's put on a happy face. Let's do the Christmas thing, do the New Year's. We'll go from there and we'll circle back on the New Year. So the holidays were great. It was actually like we were back to ourselves like years ago. So, which was awesome. We sat there, we, um, we started talking about stuff to do with the house again. Uh, we started talking about kids again which kind of threw me back because all these years it was, no, I'm never having kids. Right. And then to have that thrown back at me, it's like, all right, I got to process this, but I'm kind of liking where it's going. So go through this holiday seasons. Um, we actually had new year's together for the first time in eight years mm. and which was great. So after new year's comes around, we kind of get stuck in a wall again. We go back into that. It's like, all right, well, we got to figure this out. So we were still trying to find councils. We couldn't really find one that didn't cost us an arm and a leg. Um, So there was this, we used to go to this boat show every February in Boston Mm -hmm. over at the convention center. So it came around again and it was at the height of COVID. So we weren't sure if it was actually going to go on. Right. So I was able to secure tickets. We went down there. And normally for us, that was great because we'd walk around, look at the shit that we couldn't afford. It was like, yeah, maybe one day we'll have a lot. You know, it was a good time. we get food, coffee, the whole nine. So we go there. She was very standoffish, was on her phone most of the time, talking to coworkers, talking to friends. And it's like, this is something we used to do. So what's going on? Right. On the ride home, I ended up asking her, I said, hey, so what's going on? She tells me, you know, I just don't want to talk about it right now. I just don't, there's, there's something up, but I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we go home and this was right around, I think it was the end of January, beginning of February. Mm-hmm. So we go through um, our anniversary is on the 4th of February. It's actually coming up next month. Um, so the anniversary comes around. I had a dinner planned. I was going to take her out. She ended up having to work. So I was a little bit bummed about that. I'm like, all right. It was a, one of her favorite restaurants. So I was like, you know what? I'll call them up, see if I can get another reservation. The closest one I could get was like the end of the month. So it's like, all right, sweet. You know, she's been wanting to go here for years, you know, trying to trying to get on a new leaf here. It's a new year. You know, maybe we can figure this shit out. Right. You know, me, I should have known something was going on a long time before. Sure. Um, but me being the guy that I am, I was trying to put my best foot forward, trying to throw everything at it. Like I can't, there's something wrong, but I got to do what I know what I could do. So, and during this time, we still couldn't find a counselor. So we had our own individual therapist Mm. uh, for our own reasons and uh, come on the 16th of February, which is my father's birthday. The plan was we were going to go over my father's house, do the cards, you know, the happy birthday, hang out and what have you. So I wake up that morning and she's already up. She's showering. I'm like, okay, all right. You know, I make my coffee. I sit down in the living room. She comes out and doesn't say a word to me. She ends up packing a bag and leaving. So um, I don't know if there was anything said before she left. Uh, She said, uh, I know she said, I'm going over Nicole's, which is a friend of ours. She's like, I'm going over to Nicole's house for a while. Um, I'll be back. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't really know what was going on. So I finally, I was able to get her to kind of come back into the house and kind of talk to me. Mm -hmm. And we sat down and she gave me the speech of, you know, I don't, I can't, I don't feel, uh, I don't love myself anymore. I need to learn to love myself. Um, I need to learn to live without you. I need to learn to not need you. You need to learn to not need me. You know, that whole essentially stereotypical breakup fucking speech. Right. And I'm, and I'm losing it on the inside, trying to keep it together. Like what the fuck is going on? Like, I thought we were doing all right. Yeah. We had our issues, but we were working on trying to get a counselor and try to figure it out. She told me, she goes, as of right now, we're separated. We, I'm going to go stay over at Nicole's house. Uh, she told me, it's like, if you want to see other people, you can see other people. Um, she told me she's like I don't plan on seeing anybody else I told it's like well I don't want to see anybody else you know I want to figure this the fuck out so she wasn't having it I was a wreck at this point sobbing in the kitchen like I didn't I was an absolute mess I was just a baby so she ends up leaving and and leading up to this point I was also dealing with my own stuff of I had about six or seven people I had known personally that had taken their lives um I committed suicide that I would served with. Um, so I was dealing with that as well, uh, trying to work through that. And I was on the uptick of it. I had already gone through my low point. I was on my way back up. And then I get hit with this. Hmm. So dealing with that whole, like, every time something good happens, there's something bad that comes around the corner. Right. So that just reinforced it. So here I am. I'm a mess. I don't know what to make sense of it. I don't know if she's gone forever. I don't right. know if she'll be back. I don't know, because when I asked her, I'm like, well, how long are you going to be away? She says, I don't know. I'm like, well, are you going to be gone for the weekend? Are you going to be gone for the week, the month, like a couple months? What's going on? I got the, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So she leaves. She calls up my best friend, lets him know what's going on. Uh, She knows that I've just come out of a a down. So she was worried I was going to do something stupid. Mm -hmm. So, which kind of hit me hard, because it's like, if you love somebody, you care about somebody. Why are you going to leave them in a way like that shows a lot about your character, you know, I, I get the whole, I gotta do stuff. What's right for me. Sure. But at the same time, you got somebody that's in that fragile state and you know, that they could do something stupid. Why would you do that? Yeah. no, agree. So he calls me up in a frantic. He's like, Mike, what's going on? I'm like, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I said, I'm a little shooken up right now. He goes, all right. He's like, I'm on my way over. He's like, don't do anything stupid. I told him, it's like, I'm not going to do anything stupid. And I told him, it's like, all my firearms have been unloaded, disassembled, and spread throughout the house. I said, I'm not, I'm not even gonna give myself the option. Yeah. He's like, Good. So he comes over, we shoot the shit, I tell him everything that happened. And the look on his face was he knew it before I knew it. And everybody else, all my friends had known it, that it was over. Yeah. You know, this was the beginning stages of, hey man, it's over. But I held on to it. I was like, no, there's no fucking way. I'm not just gonna give up so about a week goes by finally get her back to the house um to talk she agrees it's like all right let's go do the couples counseling again we found a counselor that we both liked went through that whole process um which ended up we, we un- unveiled a lot of stuff between the two of us our issues and they weren't too bad a lot of it boiled down to communication and not just burying because mm-hmm. we both had that habit sure so it wasn't it wasn't that we couldn't work it was she had she ended up having a lot of shit that she couldn't deal with mm-hmm. so it ended up coming out in the marriage that she walked away sure um, granted i'm died we both have our own stuff that you know we both weren't victims in this we were both antagonists at the same time so that's why i gotta remind myself it's uh it wasn't just all my fault. It wasn't just all her fault. It was 50 50 down the middle.
0: Yep. 100% agree with that.
1: A big uh, support during this whole thing ended up being my, my, one of my best friends is now fiance. She was good friends with my, my, my soon to be ex wife. Mm. And there were numerous occasions she pulled me aside and said, Hey, you know, I was talking to Casey, you know, you might want to talk to her about some stuff. And I, uh, then I bring it up to Casey like, Hey, Caleb, you know, I got to talk to you about some things, what's going on. Right. And it would, she'd end up, there was one point where it was brought up that she was going to give it six months. If she didn't feel better in six months, then she was going to end the marriage. Mm. And I found that out through, through third party. And so, which hurt me. It's like, well, why didn't you, why aren't you telling me this? Right. You know, are you trying to leave me high and dry? Right. Cause at this point I'm already in defensive mode. Yeah like I have everything there to try to watch my ass, make sure I don't get fucked. Right. Um, not that I think that she would and so far she hasn't, but there's always that possibility. Sure.
0: So she left around, uh, that was about February, I think you said.
1: Fe- yeah. February 16th. Gotcha. Is when she walked out. When, uh, when did she, did she ultimately file? She did. Uh, well she called it. We jointly filed. Okay. Um, we had a conversation in the kitchen. She says, I can't do this anymore. Uh, she said, I don't want to be married anymore. Mm. Uh, so it ended up being, by that point, it was amicable. I kind of, it had been about six, six months. Okay. I had sat in it. I had worked through a lot of it. I was going, we were going to counseling together every day for about five months prior. Oh. Um, and I had been going, I had been going to my own counselor mm. um, the whole time as well. Along with talking with friends, so I was able to get through it pretty, uh, that part of it, pretty pretty easily. Not easily, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Sure. Because I had that support network, uh, which I'm tremendously thankful for. Sure. Um, you really find out who your friends are, especially during this process. And none of them either, which was which was great. Is none of them badmouthed her. Hmm. They never said anything bad about her. They didn't call her a bitch. They didn't call her you know, any of that type of stuff. Right. Um, they didn't, they didn't like some of the behaviors that she had. And they also voiced to me when if I did something, they didn't like what I did. So it was, uh, almost like objective, uh, feedback, Hmm. which was nice.
0: Yeah, no, that's important. Um, well, it sounds like you had a long time to prepare in a way, like it wasn't an abrupt, I'm leaving. I mean, she did that, but she still seemingly stayed in contact and seemed like there was some hope there. So it wasn't an
1: abrupt surprise out of nowhere. So it probably made it a bit easier, I'd imagine. It did. Um, at first it was abrupt. I did feel like that, like I got blindsided. Sure. Because I was thinking coming out of the holidays, all right, we're, we're doing all right. We're kind of getting back to our rhythm rhythm of things, you know, right. and then boom, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? It did a little bit, but looking back at it, looking and talking and figuring out, like, okay, where essentially things went, where they took turns, where trust was broken, where you know communication was broken down, you know, I started to see where it started to fail from, and a lot of it started back in pretty much 2013 when I got back from deployment. Mm. You know, we fell into these habits of not essentially communicating properly, yeah. and we spent the next what eight years, no, seven years after that, you know, just building that and then just building resentment against each other.
0: So what, let's uh, talk about some of the lessons that you learned, um, throughout, uh, that, that you will apply to the next relationship. Should there be one?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a big thing is communication. It's always something that can be improved on. Um, that's something I'm working on with myself, even from everyday stuff, even at, you know, with work, everything like that, you know, making sure, Hey, I'm communicating properly. What I'm looking for, what I'm feeling, you know, something doesn't feel right to me. You know, having a voice for myself because I kind of lost that over the years. Um, I fell into that nice guy type mentality. Just building, like coming out of that, not not being that way. Um, The big thing is is actually taking their uh, points of view into more. Into more consideration there were times where i didn't take a lot of her stuff into consideration i was being you know know, it's okay to be selfish but you have in a relationship you have to still take their uh their views what they value as well and there were other things throughout the relationship that kept me from like built that wall in me that i wouldn't it wouldn't allow me to be that way with her. So, going forward, I'm not gonna, I, I know this, the, the warning signs for it. So, I'm not gonna let that happen. So, those are pretty much some of the bigger things. Um, communication sticks out to me the most, to be honest, uh, is what's the biggest thing. Because, boy, because we did, I'd have to say, we did eight out of 10 things right together, to be honest with you. Right. You know, we, when it came to like knocking out goals, knocking out projects, we tackled them together. Like, she had her stuff, I had my stuff. We get it done, boom. You know, we that type of when it came to doing stuff like that, we were great. You know, but when it came to communicating about feelings, you know, and communicating about a lot of other things, it just wasn't there.
0: What about uh, advice? What kind of words of wisdom
1: would you impart onto men that are just starting this? Let yourself sit in it. Don't don't try to push it. Don't try to bury it. Um, don't try to you know use vices. Mm. don't start drinking don't start using drugs you know find have vices but have them be productive have them be um healthy mm. like a big vice for me um actually is motorcycles mm. so i'm constantly on the bike even in the wintertime mm. if it's about 50 degrees i'm out on the bike nice so it's just the whole just being out there it's just you the road and that's it mm. you can kind of just let your mind go mm. and sometimes i ride and it's blank and other times i'm going through what i want to change you know trying to dig deep figure out what's going on with me right. um but don't sit in it i mean sit in it sorry right don't don't, run. don't start using drugs alcohol yeah. um and talk to people reach out yeah. you know it the, my biggest thing is i was worried what people were gonna think yeah. i was worried oh this guy oh, mike he's such a fucking pussy right. you know he's you know He's He's not a man. He can't deal with it, you know, but it was just the opposite. Um, A good friend of mine, the first one that came by, he was the last person I would expect to talk to about this stuff. And he was, he's been one of the biggest support systems this entire time. So, but reach out, reach out to your friends, your family. uh, um, And if they don't want to support you during it, fuck them. (laughs) You know, you don't need them. I love that. That's how you figure out who you, that's how you realize who your friends are. Yeah, and You can't. Yeah. That's, that's where you figure out where the loyalty runs. Yeah. And when you're going through your tough points, the people that stick around are the ones that you want to keep. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Mike, I want to thank you for for joining me today and and uh, giving us your story. Uh, it's it's nice to hear that. You know, you've been through some rough shit, but you're you're still here, you're still fighting. And not only that, you're realizing some of the mistakes you made and, and looking to improve upon them. So I think there's a lot to be gained uh from your story for these men um in the group and and those listeners that that are able to listen to this one. I just want to thank you for sitting down with me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm still working through and I'll continue to work through, just like all of us, you know, it's there's no timetable on it. No, sometimes I wish they was because I'd be like, all right, six months from now I'll be over this. <laughs> but, but there isn't, you know, you get your ebbs and flows, but they as time goes on, they spread out. Yeah. They're not so bad. Yeah, agreed. So for the guys that are definitely first time, you know, they're just in it. It happened yesterday, last week, a month ago. You know, it's it does get better. Yeah. Keep your head up, up. embrace the suck. Yeah. It is what it is, you know. But don't don't give up on yourself. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Don't give up on yourself. You get If you have kids, you get your kids there, you know, invest that time and effort. Now into your kids, you know, making yourself better. Amen.
0: Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And um, as soon as this is out, I'll I'll let you know, and uh, we'll we'll probably have you back on again just to get some updates and see how you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: wouldn't mind at all.
0: All right. Thanks brother. Take care. Nah, you too. Okay. Well that's a wrap for episode 23. I want to thank Mike for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Like I said in the intro, I I really appreciate and admire his self-awareness. I think it's incredibly important. Uh, some sometimes I think we can get lost in whose fault it is and what's what's to blame for the breakdown. And I understand the desire. I get it. I have those thoughts and questions myself, but. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. What matters is what do we need to work on that's ours. I am releasing this on the 2nd of March, and on the 3rd of March, tomorrow, Wednesday, at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be doing a listening party for Episode 24. Episode 24 will be out on Thursday, so this will be a a sort of one-day advanced listen. We'll be doing it on the Discord app. If you're in the Facebook group, you should have all the info to get On the Discord app, if you're not in Facebook, uh, in the Facebook group, and you would like to get on Discord, just send me an email. RisingPhoenixPodcast2020 at Gmail. I've made some small changes to the website, and there's some more to come. So please give that a look. If you need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. Until next time, take care of yourselves, and take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Nick Coyle and Lifer for allowing me to use their song, Born Again, which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast. Thank you to Justin DeLahanty and all of my brothers at The Alpha Code. Please reach out and connect with me and other like-minded men on the Facebook group page, Rising Phoenix Podcast. This group will be used to discuss released episodes, future episodes, and to discuss any and all things that come from dealing with a divorce, separation, or breakup. I look forward to connecting with you. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life, who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence just like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.